Hello and welcome to episode two of Conflicts, a podcast, the podcast where we, the film industry here up in the north in Thunder Bay at our film school in Confederation College, Conflicts, where we speak to graduates of the program, we speak to film workers in the area, uh, basically anyone in Canada at the end of the day working in a technical aspect in the film industry. And today we're going to be talking to none other than Alexis Hawksar. Alexis, a very good friend of mine, and I'm very proud and privileged to say that, is a sound mixer recordist in the film industry, has been doing so for, gosh, nearly a decade at this point, and uh, has worked on some pretty significant TV shows and feature films. We'll be speaking to her, we'll chart her path, how she came to study here at Confederation College, and how she was able to graduate, navigate this industry of show, and carve out a pretty successful career for herself. Without further ado, Alexis Hawksar, episode two. I mean, where to begin? Thank you again for being here, Alexis. It's fantastic having you here. Um, I got to meet you for the first time here. I really had no idea who you were. Uh, prior to this, a name that was bounced around from time and time from Eric and other people, but uh, to put a face to it and stories and a personality has been fantastic. So thank you for being here. And um, geez Louise, I guess we're going to start right at the beginning okay. and just go for it. So first question I want to know, are you actually a movie nerd? Um, yes and no. I feel like there's a, a lot of movies out there that I should have watched, but I have not watched. I think everyone can say that. Yeah. Uh, some of them are pretty bad, though, where I'm just like, I nod as if I have seen them, but I really haven't because I don't want to admit that I haven't seen them. But yeah, I'd say I'm a pretty big movie nerd. I actually just watched a movie this this weekend and like blew my mind. I absolutely loved it. Um, the, just the shots and everything. I was just looking at it from such a film perspective. Well, we got to know what it is. It was, it was just so beautifully done. Yeah, it was amazing. So when it comes to watching movies, I sit there and I'm totally geeking out on like how it's made, how it sounds, everything like that. What was the movie? It was called The Menu. Oh, I've heard of this. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. Awesome. It was actually, I wasn't, I didn't have high expectations for it, honestly, because it just, it just seemed like, oh, this is a new movie that came out. But mm -hmm. like, I thought it was really well Is it the theater? No, this or, is um, on Disney. It's on Disney? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I just started watching um, Only Murders on the Floor, or Only Murders in the Building. Okay. I don't know. It's a show with Martin Short and uh, oh, okay. Steve Martin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Disney comes through every once in a while. Oh, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So you are a movie nerd. I, I, I think we have to start there just so I know how to like, where am I steering this conversation, <laughs> yeah. right? I can talk about anything oh, yeah. you need. Awesome. So um, where, 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 where's your hometown? Where were you born and raised? Uh, born and raised in a small town outside of London called Thorndale mm -hmm. and Dorchester. Um, yeah, nothing too interesting about that. Just a lot of farmland, a lot of flatland. Was there a movie theater? Uh, you had to go to London to go to the theater, but I was there probably like every other weekend going to see what's new and uh, yeah, I, I loved, I loved 
going out to see a movie, but getting my parents to drive me there was a whole other <laughs> story. Yeah, do you don't have a bike? It's yeah. like that sounds like it was pretty much like a drive. Situation. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was probably a good thirty-five minute drive. Yeah, you're not biking. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, any movies stand out from that period in your, in your childhood? Um, actually, from the theaters, not really. Um, other than you know the typical Harry Potter and stuff like that. What really got to me was when my mom would show show me the old movies. So I'll tell you what my favorite movie of all time is. Well, that's good because it was my next question. Amazing. So it's called Barefoot in the Park. Have you heard of it? I have not. It is so amazing. It is like, it's such an old, old movie. But the script, every time I watch it, I just lose myself laughing. I can't, I, off the top of my head, I can't tell you who the characters are. Um, Because like I said, it's a really, really old, old movie. But I rewatch that one probably every year because it's just, I absolutely adore it. Um, so I really, really like the old classics like Breakfast at Tiffany. I also loved The Breakfast Club. I absolutely fell in love with that. And Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like all that sort of stuff. So my mom really introduced me to like the good movies. Absolutely. <laughs> I felt like the ones that came out into theaters were more like, superficial like kind of just there to make money right sure yeah now um would you say that your mother was then uh, a movie nerd in, in in her own right yeah i mean her and my dad they watch movies literally every night like every night it's a different movie and uh yeah honestly with that if it wasn't for them i don't know if i would have been really much of a movie nerd myself that's awesome and, but do, and do they work in film in any no. capacity just lovers yeah Lovers of movies. Love watching watching movies. Love it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, my dad was a big movie guy too. Yeah. I think that had a part in uh, exposing me to a lot of stuff. Oh, for sure. But like when it's a dad, it's a bit of a different experience. It's like, all right, we're gonna watch this. It's gonna mess you true, up. So it's a bit true. of a different approach yeah. <laughs> to the, how we do this. But it was still awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right here. This this looks really really cool. Right up my alley. So all right, that's going on the. Uh, it's a the, fun one. The to watch list. Perfect. Yes. Um, no, I absolutely love old, old films. Um, I think what I like about it is that there is um, opportunity to like sort of meander mm -hmm. um, with a character. I mean, it's not like the story doesn't go anywhere, but the characters can a little oh, bit. For sure. you know what I mean? and, yeah. and there's a bit of a casualness to everything. Yeah. For me, I feel like old movies just feel more real. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's less, uh, you know, my hair's perfect in the morning, my makeup's perfect in the morning, or like if you look at the sets, like they seem kind of cluttered and messy, whereas I feel like a lot of films nowadays, it's very, like, clean and, you know, no clutter, stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I just feel like there's something so real about those kinds of movies specifically. Yes. And, yeah, with, with Barefoot in the Park, you'll see that, too. It's just, it, it, feels, it feels raw. I think one of the things I love most about older films, and I say this to my students sometimes, is, you know, when we look back at older clips, you can see imperfections. Mm -hmm. um, it's a, it's about the beauty that arises around that. But I like that. I like I like when I can see the process, when I can see the humanity, when I can when I can feel the intention of what is being created. And I think a lot of the imagery now, and I mean the whole experience, I think it has been refined and refined and refined and post to a point where it is a far better product to mm -hmm. be, if you're quantifying that type of quality. But there is a, a feel that I think is sometimes missing mm -hmm. that you, you that you get in old films. Like 100%. This. Yeah. 
one of my favorites was um, I show a clip from a movie called Christine. I don't know if you've seen it with John Carpenter, John Carpenter film from the mid 80s. And so there's this great dolly shot and I show them and at one moment it actually slips out of focus for a second. Oh, really? And for me, it, like I, I, I don't even really see that kind of stuff. But one of the students my first year like, oh, my God, look at that. Look at what happened there. And immediately focusing on the mistake. And I'm like, yeah, but what about the shot mm -hmm. oh, I was just focused on the mistake I'm like oh what is you know what I mean like we're it's I get it and you know if you're working in a certain field you'll notice these things but it's it's uh, too perfect yeah you can't be too up. perfect like you just gotta enjoy the imperfections because mm -hmm. they make that unique they make it a whole other experience totally yeah so that's your favorite movie. Now, necessarily your the what you would call the best movie. I mean, maybe it is. Would you say it's also the best movie of all time? Um, uh, it's a I, hard one. That is a really hard question. And you can change your mind tomorrow. This this is not. <laughs> I mean, I definitely wouldn't say it's the best movie. But if you're asking me what I think the best movie is, I don't know if I can answer that because that is just such a tough, tough question. Um, there's just so much out there and, you know, we were talking about like uniqueness mm -hmm. and I feel like it's so hard to label one thing as the best because everything is just so unique to its own. That is a safe answer. <laughs> I'm going to, all right. So what was the first one that popped in your head when I mentioned that awful uh... question? What was the first poster um, that creeped in? Oh gosh. If it's Spaceballs, that's fine. No, no. Weekend at Bernie's too. Um... Oh no. Short time. Ah, uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, probably Ferris Bueller. Oh, that's awesome. That is the one that does come to my head. Yeah. And it just so fun. Like, it's just such a fun movie. And the script is amazing. The shots are all amazing. The music is amazing overall. It's just like perfect. I don't think you could remake it to be better mm -hmm. so we'll put it that way <laughs> you know and i think that's a phenomenal answer i completely agree with you there are sequences in that that just i mean i would watch all the time mm -hmm. um obviously at the end the race with the car and mm -hmm. it's cutting through the houses and everything it's perfect yeah the whole backstory with the principal is just so funny yeah uh, yeah and no, the characters I, too they're they, amazing. they casted it Absolutely perfect. Cameron. I felt for Cameron. Yeah. He was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's almost a little too close. Like, oh, Cameron, I think I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you romanticize with all of these people. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was little. I mean, I was uh, even I was an 80s kid. Mm -hmm. So I was obviously, they would have been like high school idols to me. Uh, so I was probably about eight or nine when I saw it. But yeah, just so, so cool. Mm -hmm. What a great movie. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So you love movies. Your yes. your your parents are taking you to stuff all the time. This is very cool. You have good parents. Thank you, <laughs> mom and dad, wherever you are. And so, um, did you did you know then this is what I want to do? Like, at what point did did this become like? Could this be something that I actually do for a living? So this is actually an interesting story. Um, and this might blow your mind. When I was trying to figure out frantically what I wanted to do for the rest of my life, um, I was actually thinking about police foundations. And the reason why is because I was just a very logical person. So I thought, what's always going to be around? What's always going to be in need? Oh, okay, maybe there's that. And I think my parents were kind of taken by that, too. They were kind of like, this is not your personality. And this is super weird. Why are you doing this? 
At the same time, I was doing um, theater uh, in a local theater group and called Original Kids Theater Company. Awesome. And I absolutely loved that uh, theater company. It was such an amazing experience. We were doing um, Macbeth. We were performing Macbeth. It's called the Scottish play, actually. Sorry, the Scottish play. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. So we were doing the Scottish play, and um, I was casted as one of the, uh, the witches. And the way the director did the whole show was really amazing. Like, uh, she did such an amazing job. But there was one part that I really struggled with. And I was like, I don't see this. I don't like this. It's not what I would do. And that was the thought that got me, hmm, what would I do? Oh, being a director, that's kind of cool. And then that's what sort of changed my mind and went onto the road of being behind the scenes I just thought it'd be so amazing to be able to do this yourself and create like an image in what you want of this this project type thing. So that's when I went home and I was like, you know what? I feel like it's a lot less realistic, but I think I really want to try and direct as, you know, most young kids who don't know about the industry come in thinking, oh, I want to direct. (laughs) So um, my mom actually had reached out to uh, someone she went to high school with and kept in touch, uh, Walter Gasparovic. No way. Yeah, and she knew that he was an assistant director because he posted uh, on his social media. Yeah, for the, well, for those that don't listen that are that don't don't know, no, he is a huge, yeah, huge player in the Toronto film scene. Like, I mean, the Canadian film scene as a first AD, Oscar winning films, yeah. and I know a lot of Edgar Wright stuff. A hundred percent, he's right by his side. This is cool. All right, I'll continue. Right, please do continue. I'm really listening. Yeah, this is awesome. so she went to high school with him, and they run in the same group, and um, they kept in touch, I guess. And I don't think I knew at the time how big of a deal it was that she knew Walter. But she just thought, uh, you know, as a mom, I'll reach out to him because he's in the industry, and I'll see if this is, you know, a good choice. I'll see where he went to school and see what he suggested. And what he suggested was Confed, uh, Conflicts. And it basically started the ball rolling, honestly. And she she asked him a couple different questions. And he said, honestly, this is the best program. It's going to teach you everything from A to Z. Like, if you're going into it not knowing anything, then this is perfect. Um, so, yeah, that's what got the ball rolling. I applied to a couple, a couple different colleges, but... Uh, conflicts was the one that I really wanted to get into, obviously. And um, yeah, I got into it and that's that's how that started. <laughs> Isn't that so cool? Yeah. I love those stories. So like, I mean, does Walter know? I'm assuming he knows, yes, obviously, 100%. right? So yeah, it's not yeah. cool for him. It's like, you know, now there's someone else in the industry that's 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 doing well and, yeah. and happy and and oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, after that's I graduated, kind of he after I graduated, he actually met with me um, with for coffee and I was so so nervous. Um, he ordered something and uh, I paid because I wanted to be nice and I didn't think about what I wanted to order, so I just ordered exactly what he ordered because I was so nervous. And when I took a sip of it, it was like the most bitter thing I'd ever tasted in my life. But anyways, the conversation was great, and he the thing that stuck out to me is he told me I needed to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. So that's what I did. Um, and I think that's the best advice that anyone has ever given to me in this this career. Awesome. Yeah, that's just it. You know, I you know, I, 
it's it's this uh, what, I, what I tell the kids when they're when they're graduating. It's this busy circle. It's like this big circle of inertia, this power, this energy, but it's constantly going. You kind of have to hammer and hammer and hammer, you know. And you get in, and then you're fine. Yeah. Oh, I'm so I'm so happy to hear all that. Awesome. So you come to conflicts. Yeah. And what years were you here? So I graduated in 2016. So I came in here 2014. Yes, 2014. Graduated 2016, and um, it was awesome. Like. I think, again, my parents were kind of flabbergasted because I knew no one here. And I was a very uh, shy person. And um, I just, like, to move away from my small town to a place that I've never been to at all, never even heard of, really, until I started applying to this college. And, you know, I think that, for me, it's a really proud moment because uh, here in Thunder Bay, I actually, I found my independence. And that's why I'm so prone to coming back here all the time and now living here because I just I absolutely love it here and it just reminds me of the time that you know I kind of found myself yeah yeah same same it's a really amazing two years for me too Mm -hmm. came being able to just leave everything behind and kind of having that fresh start you kind of get to drop everyone's expectations of you and everyone's um perception of you you know and that's a really wonderful moment oh yeah I mean it can be terrifying but at the same time, I think at the end of it, yeah, you come out a better person. For sure, for sure. That's awesome. So, uh, what was the what were the cameras uh, that they were using back then in 2014? Oh gosh, Andrew, I have the worst memory ever. Oh, it's okay. Um, we had the Bolex. I think we actually we were the last year to have the film cameras. Um, I think obviously you guys still have them, but we were the last to actually process the film just because it was starting to get really pricey i'm assuming um but yeah we had the bolex we had that clunky airy one was it like a, a like a film camera yeah oh the sr2 yes we had the sr2 and yeah. uh, we also had the alexa um i believe we had the bolex mm-hmm. and i think there was the red but nobody used the red everyone yeah. hated the red <laughs> yeah i mean you know red's gotten a lot better and i yes. mean not to disparage red then but i mean if you're a student, that's a difficult workflow yeah, to get used true. to. So fair, fair. Oh, that's awesome. And did you shoot on film or did you take the Alexa? So for the, uh, let me just try and recap my mind here. For the first year, I think we shot mainly all on film. So for our first short film, it was the Bolex. And then for our sound film, it was the SR2. I can't. I honestly can't remember any other films that I shot in my first year off the top of my head. I know I did use like a video camera, but I think it was just more of like one of the plain Jane ones. Yeah. Um, and how about your thesis film? My thesis film, I had to shoot on the Alexa. <laughs> I love the Alexa. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, I was so, so excited to shoot on the Alexa. I actually shot in the first semester because I wanted to make sure I got yeah. it and got done with it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, so that's been, so when, when did you shoot? Do you um, uh, I believe it was right before the break. So it was probably early, mid-December. Fantastic. It was all interior. Yeah. It was all in the green screen room. I think my days were like five hours max. Like it was super short. 
funny, I was the sound person and I had absolutely no dialogue in my film. (laughs) (laughs) I knew how much I hated editing sound, so I didn't want any sound. Um, no, I was, I'm super proud of my my thesis. Honestly, it was a labor of love, and um, I built the set completely uh, with the help of a few people, obviously. And it just it turned out awesome. And to this day, I watch it every once in a while just to bring me back to that moment. It was just it was a proud moment for me. Oh, that's, I'm glad to hear that. A lot of people have a complex relationship with their with their student films. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's nice talking to someone who's like, yeah, it's up there. You can yeah. see it. So it's yeah. on the Conflicts website. You can check it out, as is Walter's film. Yes. I think that's 1984. Um, and I play his film in class. I, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen it. Yes. It's electric. I oh, yes. I love that movie. Yes. Oh, my God. It's so 80s. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you want to see the 80s in three minutes, just watch Walter's oh, film. Oh, yeah. It's we, amazing. That was, like, the first thing we yeah. did as soon as I got into Complex. It was, like, my mom was like, okay, we have to watch his film. Absolutely. And it was great. It was amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. So you, so right. So you're here. You're graduating, and now you're like, okay. So now I'm done. I've graduated. I've talked to Walter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you went to Toronto, obviously, to have a chat with him. I'm assuming. Or no, he, he actually he... was in London. Oh wow! Yeah, oh, yeah. awesome. So you, you, okay. So you're in London. You're 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 doing your thing. I was. I, I miss London. London's a great <laughs> little city. Um, and uh, so where, which which market? Like, where are you gonna try and go? So, what was the next move? Um, when we were like on the cusp of graduating um uh who was it i think i believe it was eric who assigned us a assignment to basically make up a resume and uh reach out to someone and that was all the assignment was i think in his mind it was probably very much to get the ball rolling of like you know i want these students to basically hit the ground running so I we had had a speaker in here during, um, I think, my second year, and I can't remember his name for the life of me, but I had gotten his contact information and reached out to him and asked him if there was any sound mixers that are looking to hire at all. And he had talked about the North. I did not want to go to Toronto. Sorry to anyone who loves Toronto, but I do not love Toronto. I do not love the city life. It's not for me living in a small apartment, paying a lot of money. It's just, it's it's too busy for me. So when he had mentioned uh, being in the North, that kind of caught my attention. You know, a little closer to home, but still not quite at home. So at that time, then I reached out to him to see if he had any contacts possibly in the North. And he had uh, one contact and he gave me his information. I contacted that person and he took me on right away. Uh, which I'm super appreciative of. It was great, and I learned from him for about two and a half years. And, you know, I learned a lot within those few years. It was it was tough, and it was, it was a great learning experience for sure. That's awesome. So I mainly, I actually had moved to Sudbury uh, a few months after graduating because that's where the major films were happening in the north was mm-hmm. Sudbury. And um, to date now, it's more North Bay. Yes. Which isn't too far from Sudbury. But um, yeah, so I, I have been in the North since 2016 uh, working in film and it's been absolutely amazing. 
So um, during those first couple of years, like mostly booming then at that point? And no, no. no? Oh, Actually, okay. I kind of have a more interesting um, learning curve than that. So the first, um, I guess the first like real movie that I worked on, uh, well, I wouldn't say real movie, sorry, the full run of a show. Yes. Um, was called Buckout Road, mm-hmm. and um, that was an interesting one. Um, I think uh, I think everyone c- enjoyed being on set for the most part, but I was so overwhelmed with everything. I wasn't really paying attention to what was going on around me except for sound and strictly sound. So uh, my mentor at the time got me the boom, and I almost dropped that pole. I was struggling, although the director, he was doing something where he wanted to just keep rolling. Oh, so he didn't God. cut. I hate that. And, no offense uh, to that director. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. Well, I wasn't prepared for it, right? Yeah. It was going to be a short scene, and then it turned into like seven minutes, and I was looking at the boom op, who was the boom op on that show, and I was like, you take this from me man like I'm yeah. going to drop this mic I can't do it so luckily he he did he took it for me and at that moment I realized I didn't have the back for it um I've always struggled with with like lifting and just having back problems and whatnot so um at that point it was like I'm really sorry. I really want to do sound, but I genuinely don't think I can physically do booming. I don't think it would be good for me uh, to do booming. And he listened to me and he was like, yeah, you know what? I can totally agree with that, but I can totally see your passion with with in regards to sound and everything. So I don't want to give up on you. So I was really appreciative of that. So I was mainly his assistant for, uh, I want to say like two-ish years around there. Um, Any standout projects? Uh, Letterkenny. Yeah. I loved training on Letterkenny. It was so amazing. And from time to time, I would be able to, you know, look at the board and kind of put my hands on the board and stuff like that. So he was also training a boom op at the time. So I know the entire process of how to train a boom op. I know all the technical uh, know-how to do it. And I can do it. It's just very difficult for me to do it. So I mainly stuck with the ins and outs of, like, the sound device, how to record, um, you know, how to get the best audio, how to get the cleanest audio, how to hide a mic, stuff like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, on the off uh, chance that he needed a second boom op in there, he would throw me in there. As long as it's a shorter scene and it's not too bad, then I'm totally fine to do it. Um... But yeah, so I mainly just focused on the sound mixing portion of it. And I just like fell in love with it. I don't know. There was something. Uh, I, I There's no words for me to describe what happened. It's just putting those headphones on and kind of being in your own world, mm-hmm. but also being so a part of the filming process. It was just and also the department is so small. It's mainly, usually, it's just a sound mixer and a boom op. Sometimes you'll have a second boom op. Sometimes you'll have an assistant. But it's so, so small that a lot of the time you're kind of just by yourself. And Mm -hmm. not having to have so many people frantically around you was also super appealing to me. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how that started. Um, But, yeah, Letterkenny was honestly such an amazing show to train on. Everyone was just so, so nice. It's just... Unreal. Like, it was an unreal experience to me. I've heard nothing but good things. So I used to work at William F. White, and uh, we had an office in Sudbury that's run by a graduate. And I think from your time, Josh DeZormo? Uh, actually, I, no, I think I graduated after him. Just after him? Yeah. Okay. 
So yeah, he uh, I grabbed the program and he runs the Sudbury office now. And um, what was so fun from what I heard, not that I was ever a part of it, but that's because I'm terrible at hockey. They would have these big hockey tournaments with like the crew and the cast from Letterkenny and then William F. White had a team and like all these different like companies. And they would go to Sudbury and have these big hockey games. And like mm-hmm. that is such a Canadian thing. Yeah. And that is also just a really wonderful thing, you know, it to was, just happen. It was honestly just like, it's just a family. That's yeah. that's what it is. It was a family. And when that happens, it's really, really special. I've had a few shows like that. And I, 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 I think even when they're not even long shows, they still last in your head because you're like, that was a really great, mm-hmm. that was a really great time. So you're on this sound path. And, uh, and when we're going back, let's go back to film school for a second because you were a director. That was the passion, right? I'm coming to school as a director. Now, we know, and I say the same thing, I tell the students, sound is 50% of the movie, right? And they look at you and they, they say, okay, but in their heads they're saying, you know, Professor Simpson, you're a fool, and, you know, that's not the case. And I've seen, I've seen movies and I know how important the visual is. And they're not believing it until they've gone through this process. Um, and it's also kind of interesting because we're, we're attributing 50% of the, audible exper- of, 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 the, of the film experience to the audible. Uh, with only two or three people when you've got, you know, hundreds on the other side doing the visual. And so that obviously leads to this weird sort of, uh, you know, this this dynamic and, and, and how we see it. And so obviously you're, you know, because of that, it's, it's, it's hard to see it as the big flashy gig mm-hmm. as other jobs are. But somewhere along this path, you said to yourself, well, hold on a minute. I think this is something for me. So what was that? Was that in film school? Was there a moment there? Yeah. So we didn't get introduced into sound until I believe it was our second semester in first year. And we had the, you know, the clunky 702 sound devices and um, which I which I love. Those things are those things are indestructible. Honestly, (laughs) they're great. They are tanks. So, I mean, it's hard to pinpoint a moment where I was like, this is what I want to do. Because I think what happened was I was just really good at it. I don't know why. I'm not that much of a technical person. So it surprised me. But I was really good at it. I was able to get like some pretty awesome sounds. I was able to understand the concept of sound. And something Renee actually said to me had spoke had, this is Renee Boyer, by yes, the way. Yes, yes. Renee Boyer had said, spoke to me. And that was, you know, have you ever tried to watch a film without sound? And it spoke to me, especially in the sense of, like, let's say a horror movie. Mm-hmm. You could listen to a horror movie and still be absolutely terrified. But if you were to watch a horror movie without sound, it means nothing mm-hmm. to you. And that really stood out to me as well. So thank you, Renee, for that. <laughs> um but in regards to actually doing sound stuff in the college, it was, um, like I said, in our second semester. So it wasn't like it was a very new concept to everyone. And I just suddenly was able to get it. And there was a lot of people who couldn't get it. And my personality is I like to feel wanted. I like to feel needed. So I was able to help so many people kind of understand and get things done in terms of like sound proficiencies and stuff like that. And, you know, people just kept coming to me more and more for that kind of thing. And I absolutely loved it. I I loved being able to help. I loved having the know-how to uh, get them good sound, essentially. So 
that's kind of how that went down. It's amazing because, like, that culture still exists. Like, there, even yesterday, um, I had to run into the, uh, we, we call it the cage, our equipment rooms. So I had to run in there for a second to check in a light. And I saw one of our students, and I know you know her, Zoe, and she's got Paige set aside and showing her the machine and walking her through it. So it's it's always been that way here. And I think that's one of the things that makes this program so special is that maybe there's a healthy competition here or there, but it is also, it's a it's a family, like you said before with Letterkenny. Yeah. It, it feels like that. Oh, 100%. Yeah. So you did some sounds. You're on the 702. We just retired the 702s. <laughs> So um, the mix pre threes are what they're going to be using now in second semester. Love it. Um, and and you know let's do this on the record uh, because I'm kind of uh, building the test right now and I'm mulling over keeping it on basic or just starting them on advanced and just saying leave it alone. Is it? I mean, it's hard, right? Because on one hand, I'm like, once you go basic, you're gonna have not the, you're gonna have to unlearn some really bad things about that later on. But it does make the first step super easy. Uh, it's tough. It's tough. I personally find basic really annoying. I have the mix pre 10. I think the settings are pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. And I've run a few shows off of that now. And uh, when I first got it, I ran it off basic just to test it out and was kind of pulling my hair out just because I'm not used to that. Sure. So I personally like advanced. I also like advanced because it just gives you more options. It gives you more of an idea of how the device actually works, how the menu actually operates, how you, you know, segregate each level or each channel and how the left and right mix kind of integrates into that. So I'm definitely on the side of going to advanced uh, but I mean, you can. I, I feel like it would. And I'm not disagreeing. I, well, <laughs> I think I, I just like, need to hear it from you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was leaning that way. But I mean, knowing too that there is that setting, that basic setting. Yeah. But being able to use the advanced setting mm -hmm. would, I think, really set people up for success. Yeah, yeah. I think the base will be for those handful of people who are like, I hate that you're making me do this test. I'm going to do it despite you. And when it's done, I never want to talk about sound again. Yeah. And so maybe <laughs> that's generally for, how it goes. <laughs> for those people, they can do the basic. Fair enough. But yeah, and luckily, there's always a couple of people every year who are like, well, you got me and I'm the sound person. For us, it was a guy named Trevor Picard. And uh, he, he gravitated to sound very quickly. Uh, a few people did also try it. I did a few. I I have to admit, it just didn't click. It's weird. It's it's almost like, you know, I guess musically speaking, I would say you, you, you either have rhythm or you don't. You know, you can either sing or you can't. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to sound, you can either hear it or you can't. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, I, I just had a heck of a hard time understanding um, how to employ good sound. I understand the basics of it. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there is that next level where it's like, okay. I did not catch that or I yeah. couldn't see what you were seeing or there it, it can be it can be a lot and it can be overwhelming um I mean there are so many little things that make sound that you wouldn't even you wouldn't even think about like you know a cup hitting a desk if there's dialogue happening I don't want to hear that cup I mean it's easy enough to put that back in and post but it's not easy to take it out once it's in there um like in real time. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm thinking about, okay, can we put something under it to dull that sound? Can we put a coaster? If that's a no, I'm like, okay, let me use some moleskin on the edges to try and, you know, clear that up. Stuff like that, right? It's, it's, it can be a lot. It can be busy. 
And that's the little details that make the magic, right? Yeah, that's 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 very cool. For a lot of people at home, they probably didn't even realize that. All these little things have to get prepped before you do it. Oh, 100%. I'll walk onto a, a student film set and I'll see a bunch of people doing like a walk-in talk. And I'm like, how, how wide is the shot? Oh, it's pretty tight. Could we take the shoes off? <laughs> oh, yeah, we could totally do that. Yes, we can. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, that's awesome. Now, um, I want to look at uh, one of your one of your projects, something you worked on in particular, because I want to fanboy a little bit. Now, maybe you know nothing about it. Maybe you're like, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't even really there. And that's cool, too. We'll just edit this out. But I, I, I like looking at the IMDb. I think everyone does it. There's a little stalker in all of us in the film industry. What have you done? What have you worked on? Who do I know? Who do you know? And uh, the one project that really stuck out was something that I didn't get to rep. Uh, when I was at William F. White, it went to someone else, and I was really bummed out about it because uh, I love the PM uh, through Black Spruce. Oh, okay. So through Black Spruce is an interesting one. I actually boomed for I think it was only three or four days on that one, mm-hmm. so I really wasn't there for a lot of it. Um, the boom op at the time had a prior commitment for the last like week. And um, I had just finished a show, so it just worked out that mm-hmm. I was on it. Um, that one was a really uh, fun one for the short time that I was on. The amount of respect that went into making this was just so admirable. Um, we would stand in a circle and talk about, you know, Indigenous culture. And it really just... It, it filled my soul because it was just so wonderful to see a crew come together and, you know, show this respect and show this kindness. And it was just, it, it was a really interesting experience. Um, the one day that really stands out to me was there was a scene with a moose and I believe they were, you know, hanging it up to dry and kind of yeah, skinning the truck. it. Yeah, 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 that's right. So it was real. It, it, it was a fully real moose. And the way they had to go about it was just really interesting because, you know, um, uh, I think the sets person had to make sure there was an indigenous person with him in the vehicle because if he got pulled over with a dead moose, he would have been fined. Right. So there was a bunch of different rules behind this. And, um, you know, they went production went above and beyond to try and make sure that they didn't break any rules and that they were super respectful, like I said. And, I mean, that's the first time I've ever seen a moose. Mm-hmm. And that, They're gigantic, It was they? crazy to me. Actually, I had to back out for a minute because it, it was <laughs> a dead moose. So it was a little, a little intense for me at the time. But I managed to get over it and it was all good. But, no, that was like, it was a really, it was a really cool show to work on. And actually, the first time I had filmed anything in Toronto because our last day was in Toronto. Right. And that was just... A bizarre experience because Toronto is so loud. Yes, and there your was... signal to noise ratio is just bonkers there, right? Well, and it, to me, it was like, how does anyone get any work done here? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the ADR people must be making a lot of money in Toronto because it is insanely loud there. The last day we were filming, they were fixing the street, and they had the um, I don't know what you call. Them. Oh yeah, the the cement. <laughs> yeah. Thing, yeah. And it was like, yeah, we're not getting much here. <laughs> I hate to tell you that, but no, it was it was a really good one. Honestly, the crew really, really took pride in all their work. That That's awesome. I'm really glad to hear it. It's it's interesting because, you know, we're we're seeing a lot more um, really high quality film. 
um, from indigenous filmmakers or uh, with indigenous subject matter. And, and, and it's really, really amazing to see because obviously the quality, like I say, is so fantastic. This kind of came out at a really unique time. Uh, where you're seeing a lot of these same actors in all these really high-level productions. There was one I just played for the kids a couple of months ago called Blood Quantum, and it was a, a, it's a zombie outbreak film, uh, and it had a lot of the same uh, same stars, and it was the same sort of time, and just really seeing all of this happen. And Don McKellar, who's like an old-school Canadian director-actor now, right? So I was like, oh, and, and for Don to be directing this one is kind of uh, a unique mix. And so I was very interested to see how um, the approach was. There was um, a film group that came up to Thunder Bay this summer. They're uh, called the Creative Sovereignty Lab. And um, they they approach uh, filmmaking the same way, where every day there's going to be you know, a moment at the beginning, there's going to be a reflection, um, there's sort of like a meeting beforehand, um, and then after they wrap, there's another meeting where all the crew and everyone kind of comes together and talk about their experiences making the film. The making of the film is like equal in experience to actually watching it, which is really, really cool. So it's, 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 it's awesome to see that that was happening there as well. It's such a unique a- approach, and we're able to get some of our students to work on it, and they came back going, that was... Like, that's how film kind of should always be, oh, you know? Oh, sure. um, It was, this is felt good. It felt yeah. really good making this, yeah. even when the subject matter was as difficult as it could be at times. Mm-hmm. Really fantastic film. I highly recommend everyone see it. I actually just watched it again recently in anticipation of this. I was like, I would love to check out that film again. I'm a huge fan of Don McKellar. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm kind of scrolling through it, and I'm like, oh, so uh, one, of my, one of my good friends, uh, Lori Fishberg, was the PM on that one. I don't know if you oh. had a chance to chat with her a bit. I know you're I only there for a week or Yeah, whatever. it was a really last minute thing. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, I mean, how many years ago was that that, that it was filmed I want to say 2018, 2017. I can't even. came out in 2018. It came out in 2018. Yeah, so it was probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my memory is kind of terrible for those kind of things. So I don't believe I remember that <laughs> name. No but... worries. I mean, you know, one look at your IMDb and it's like, yeah, you 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 work. You yeah. got a lot of shows under your belt, so yeah. no, it's all it's all good. Awesome. So, uh, so you're here. You're in Thunder Bay. You're taking a bit of a break, and obviously, you're bouncing back and forth from time and time. And so, anything, uh, anything exciting coming up, or anything, uh, and not just even film related, just you. Like, like what's <laughs> what's going on next for you? What's the um, next chapter? Well, actually, I just started up my own corporation. So oh, wow. I now awesome. have my own corporation. Uh, I'm incorporated. It's it's still crazy to me. Uh blows my mind. So I'm called Lexi Lou Sound Inc. Um, Lexi Lou was the nickname that my parents had for me growing up. So I felt that that was the best to go awesome. with. Um, so that's been a, a wild journey. Um, I've been slowly building up my own kit. Uh, I'm almost completed it. So that's really exciting. And yeah, I just got a offer for a show happening in about a month. Um, my usual boom op will not be with me this time. So I'm having a little bit of, um, sadness towards that. Separation anxiety. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Um, but I'm really excited to bring on this new boom op. I think he'll be awesome. He's super eager to learn and yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun time. Awesome. Well, good luck to you. Thank you again so much for coming. Of course. <sighs> I don't know. I could gush all day. It's been really awesome to get to know you. Every time I see you, it's I get to learn more about you, and it <laughs> makes me happier and happier. 
all the best uh, luck to you. Have a great uh, experience on the show. And um, I was able, I guess I should just quickly say, I was able to have Alexis on set with me one day, uh, if only for a few hours. And it felt like the best, you and Tanner. <laughs> and so now my my goal to myself is to facilitate another opportunity to work with you again because you're just awesome i would love it thank you so much everyone for listening uh that's it for today and uh you know you know where to go for the next episode so we'll see you again soon take care perfect thank you so much thank you